0: Welcome to the Calvary Assembly podcast with weekly messages from Calvary Assembly of God Church in Lexington, Nebraska. You can find out more online at lexag.org and on Facebook at Calvary Assembly Lex. Thanks for listening. Well, Last week we started a message series in Ephesians. We're calling this In Christ. and We're just going to walk through the book of Ephesians, just kind of just passage by passage, just kind of chunks of scripture at a time, and just really dig out what it's saying. And, and guys, one of the reasons we do these kind of series, you know, topical series are always fun when we talk about a topic and we kind of dig into a topic. The reason we do these is because I want you, as you are reading your Bible on your own and you come to Ephesians, I want you to remember what we've talked about. And, you know, take notes in your Bible, put, mar- put notes in your margins, take it, you know, if you're in the version Bible app, you can take notes in there. But we want you guys to to get to know God's Word better and apply it to your life. Uh, And I read a story one time about a guy. He uh, was kind of disenchanted by life. And so he said, you know what, I'm going to become a monk. I I just think that would be rewarding and fulfilling. And so he went and he joined a monastery. And it was a monastery of silence. You were only allowed two words a year. The rest of the year you were dead silent. And so he... uh, he was in there, and so his first year passed, and the head monk came and said, okay, you can say your two words. And he said, bed hard. And he said, okay. So then the next year, you know, he stayed another year, and he kept growing in his, his faith. And so the next year they came out, and said, okay, you can say your two words. And he said, food cold. And so the next year came up, and they said, okay, now you can say your two words. And he said, I quit. And the guy said, well, yeah, all you've done is complain since you've been here. And so. His uh, identifying as a monk didn't work out too well. Well, this week we're going to read further into chapter one of the book of Ephesians. And Paul, in this section we're going to read today, Paul is praying a prayer for the believers in Ephesus. And if you were here last week, you saw the video that we showed kind of the background. Remember, Ephesus was made up of, of Jewish converts and also of Gentiles who were non Jewish people who came out of the religions they were in and became Christ followers. And so they were coming from all different backgrounds. And so in this passage, Paul prays a prayer that we're going to read here. And he's praying that we would know who we are. And how many of you know that our identity in Christ is vital? If we're going to follow Jesus, we need to know who we are in Jesus. Because that makes a huge difference in how we see ourselves. It makes a huge difference on how we live our lives. So Ephesians chapter 1, if you have your Bibles, if you have the YouVersion Bible app, it's in there in the events tab. We're going to start in verse 15. This is the New Living Translation I'm reading from. Paul says this, ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so you can grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts would be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he's given those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. Did you catch that? He said that we are God's inheritance. We're his treasure that he has. In verse 19, he says, I pray also that you'll understand the incredible greatness of God's power for those who believe in him. Who is that? Us. God's power for who? Us. He says, This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand and in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of his church. And the church is his body. It's made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. So, Lord, I thank you this morning that we are your body. I thank you that we are your people. And, Lord, I pray this morning as we look into your word, you'd help us to see who we are in you and the power that is available in you. You And the hope that's available in you, Lord, would you challenge us and grow us today, in Jesus' name, amen. So let's dig into this, little bit. Let's dig into Paul's prayer here. And so this, there are kind of two prayers in the book of Ephesians. The first one is this one, that we would know who we are in Christ. And then Paul's second prayer later on in the book is that we would learn how to live out who we are. And so the first thing that Paul prays here is that we would know how to relate to him and to others. You notice that Paul starts out, he said, when I've heard of your faith in Christ and your love for who? God's people. Paul said he found the church in Ephesus, loved Jesus, and because they loved Jesus, they loved who? Other people. Each other and those outside the church. And so, guys, when we learn how to relate to Jesus, we realize this. That a right relationship with Christ leads to a right relationship with others. Paul noted that a right relationship with Christ leads to a right relationship with others. How many of you know, guys, we can't have a right relationship with Jesus and live in conflict with everybody around us? It just doesn't work. If we have a relationship with Christ, we're going to have a right relationship with other people. Now, does that mean you're going to like everybody you come in contact with? No. <laughs> that would be impossible. But does that mean we need to act in love towards everyone else? Yes. Yes absolutely. We need to act in love towards others. So a right relationship with Christ is going to help us in our relationship with others. In chapter 6, verse 23, Paul says, peace to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Love with faith. Paul says that when we love Jesus, we're going to love other people. It flows out of that. That's one of the fruit of the Spirit is that love, right, that flows out of us. So guys. When I start to love Jesus and I start to grow my relationship with Him, I'm going to start loving other people more. When I start loving Jesus, I'm going to love the people around me better. That means when I start having a relationship with Christ, I'm going to get along better with my family. I'm going to love them more. I'm going to get along with my church family more. And how many of you know, if you go to any other club in the world outside of the church, which is not a club, But if you go to other groups, you're not really going to see a whole lot of groups with people that are made up like the church is. People of other races together. People of other generations together. The church is unique in that we love one another because we love who? Jesus. One commentator, I love this line. He says, the Christian life has two dimensions. Faith towards God and love towards men. And you can't separate the two. I like that. The Christian life means I'm going to love Jesus and I'm going to love others. And I can't separate those two. So if my entire life is filled with drama towards other people, I need to look at my relationship with Christ, don't I? If I have a really hard time loving others, I need to look at how I love Jesus. So it's going to flow. Now, does that mean it's going to be easy? Absolutely not. There's a lot of people that really get on my nerves. Not necessarily in this room, but, you know, outside. The other day I was, we had that huge snowstorm. We were going to a call. We got a call for a lady who was in labor. You know, babies don't care what the weather's doing. And it was like whiteout conditions. I'm driving to the fire hall, and there's just tons of people out driving around on the roads, driving right down the middle of the road. And I was like, what are you doing? Go home. (laughs) Go read a book. Get off the road, you know. Go make chili or something that we do when it snows. I was really frustrated when I got to the hall because I almost got hit head-on about three times trying to get there. And I had bright, shining red and white lights flashing, and my people still just looking around, you know. It's like, "Ah." I was very frustrated. But when I love Jesus, I'm going to love others, right? And it keeps us from doing those things. The second, Paul said he prayed that the Lord would give us spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. He prayed that spiritual insight and understanding... For us to live out our calling. And guys, and Paul's praying these prayers. He's praying it for us. And so the people that he was talking to here in Ephesus came out of all different religious backgrounds. And guys, a lot of the religions in this time were based on fate. Capital F, fate. They believed that your life and my life was controlled by an outside force called fate. And you couldn't get rid of it. You couldn't get out of it. Your life was predetermined. It was predestined. That's why Paul prayed that, and he told the people that God had predestined them, right? He's already chosen all of you to know him. And so Paul was saying you can have spiritual understanding so you don't have to be controlled by these superstitions anymore. You don't have to be controlled by these outside forces anymore because what did he say? Christ is above everything. And so guys, Paul's praying that we would grow in our spiritual understanding And he's praying that you and I would grow in our spiritual understanding. So we know that we don't have to be afraid of all these outside things. Guys, we don't have to live in fear because of what? Jesus. You and I don't have to live in fear of demons. We don't have to live in fear of darkness. We don't have to live in fear of death because of Jesus. And as we get to know him better... As we grow in our spiritual understanding, we, God gives us this wisdom and we realize I don't have to be afraid of fate anymore. Because fate doesn't control my life. Jesus does. When I surrender, I don't have to be worried about things that might happen because I know that he's in control. And I don't know about you guys, but before I became a Christian, I was a worrier. I've told you this. I used to worry about everything. And now I don't have to. Because I serve a God who's bigger than all the things I worry about. Right? You serve a God who's bigger then the economy, every time you turn the news on, it's like, oh, recession's coming. ah, oh, wars are coming. Shortages are coming. Eggs are $9 a dozen, you know. And when I was a kid, we threw eggs. That was fun, you know. Now you may as well go through $20 bills at people's houses, right? But we don't have to be afraid of that because why? We serve a God who's bigger. We serve a God who provides. We serve a God who protects us. We serve a God who loves us. So he prayed that they would understand. And there were a lot of cults around at the time that we actually, when we were doing the Bible study in the book of Galatians, we talked about these knowledge, special knowledge cults. You know, They said, if you come and serve us, we're going we're gonna to pray and give you this special knowledge. And Paul said, you don't need that. You just need Jesus. You need to grow in your knowledge and understanding of him. And then lastly, he prayed that, that we would grow in our knowledge of him. How do we grow in our knowledge of Christ? Well, we get to know his word better, don't we? To grow in our knowledge of him, we get to know his word better. We get to know him better. We spend time in prayer. We spend time getting to know him better. And so he prayed that our, our knowledge would grow. And guys, that's why we offer so many things here at the church, so many ways to get to know the word better. Sunday night group, small groups, Sunday night Bible studies. Women's Bible study, men's Bible study, our Spanish Bible studies. We, we have Sunday school classes. You know, not a lot of churches still do that, but we feel it's really important to get to know the Word better, right? To get to know Him better. That's why we have youth group and kids groups and all these different groups so that we can know the Word better, so we can get to know Him better. Because when we know Him better, we love other people better. So how do we grow in our knowledge? Well, we get to know the Word better. We learn to listen to the Holy Spirit better. We listen to those prompts that He gives. You guys ever been out before and you just feel like God nudging you to go talk to someone? You know what that is? It's the Holy Spirit prompting you. You ever started to do something and you kind of go, that's the Holy Spirit protecting you. (laughs) Right? That's the Holy Spirit prompting. And we get to hear Him better. We get to know Him better. Right? And so take those opportunities. So Paul prayed that we would know how to relate to him better, relate to others better. And then he he prayed that we would know our identity. In verse 18, he prayed that we would know the hope of our calling. And guys, this is one of the things that sets Christianity apart from anything else because we have what? Hope. We have hope in Christ. So he prayed that we would get to know the hope of our calling more. And You know one thing I love? Paul never prayed that the Christians would have more what? Stuff. He prayed more that they would know what they already have in Christ. And so he said, I pray that that you get to know the hope of your calling better. There's a story, uh, there's a newspaper publisher back in the early 1900s his name was William Randolph Hearst. And he invested a fortune collecting art treasures from all over the world. So he would find something and And he would say, I have to have that. And he would send people out to go find it and buy it so he could have it for his collection. Well, he found this one article, this this item that he felt like he had to have. So he sent his agent out to find it. And they hunted all over the world for months. And when they came back, you know where they found that? It was already in his collection. He spent all this money sending guys all over the world to find this article. And it was already in his stuff. He just didn't know what he had. And guys, so many of us are out searching for things in life, and we already have it all in Christ. We're out looking for things to make us fulfilled, to make us happy, and it's already there in Christ. And so Paul said, I pray that you would know the hope of your calling, the riches that you have in Christ. And guys, that's not a hope based on stuff. That's not a hope based on people. It's a hope based in Jesus And so Paul prayed, and I pray, that you'll find what you have in Christ. Because, guys, people aren't going to make us fulfilled. People aren't going to make us happy. Things aren't going to make us fulfilled. They're not going to make us happy. It's all in Christ that we have. All right? So we forget the things that we have, and so we have this confidence in him. And then Paul prayed in verse 18 also that we would know the riches of his inheritance. And that riches that we have is not... Riches in stuff, it's riches in what? Our relationship with Christ. It's those riches that we have in Him. I love this quote I found. It says, The believer must grow in his knowledge of God. To know God personally is salvation. To know Him increasingly is sanctification. That's growing in Him. To know Him perfectly is glorification. And that's what we get, guys, when we die, right? We get those glorified bodies. We get to know Jesus perfectly, Right, He says, since we're made in the image of God, the better we know God, the better we know ourselves and the better that we know each other. It's not enough just to know God as Savior. We must get to know him as father, friend, and guide. And the better we get to know him, the more satisfying our spiritual lives will be. And guys, so many times people, Christians even, sink into this despair. They sink into this depression Because they feel like they don't have any hope. And you know why we do that sometimes? Because we forget what we have in Christ. And we start looking outward to all these things. And outward things are never going to fulfill us. They're never going to make us happy. Our spouse, we can have the greatest spouse in the world, but they're never going to fulfill us. What's fulfilling is when we and our spouse have a relationship with Christ and that overflow goes to each other. But we have to know who we are in Jesus. We have to know what we have in Jesus and the riches we have in Jesus means that we're missing nothing. We have everything we need in a relationship with Christ. And then, lastly, Paul prayed that we would know his power. And that's where he spends the majority of this, <laughs> this chunk of scripture here. He prayed that we would know the power that we have in Jesus. And the first one was the power that, that he has to change us. How many of you know we can't change ourselves and our own strength? We have to have the power of Christ to really change us. And this is what, you know, so many times we get in a relationship with someone when we were single. You know, we would date someone. Those of you who are single, you might even be looking at this now. And you you find someone you think, you know, they're great except for this one huge glaring flaw. But, you know, they'll change. No. (laughs) You know, if if there's a glaring character flaw, the only way they're going to change is in Jesus. And he does. He changes us, man. I If Amy had met me before I knew Christ, she'd have been like, no, no, no thanks. I'll pass. Because God did change me. But it's only in him, right? It's only in him. I remember when we were dating my, uh, our premarital counselor, he said, you know, if there's something that really irritates you about them, it's not going away. <laughs> it's only going to get worse when you're married because so, you're with them 24-7. And she still married me, so that was great. But it's... It's all magnified, right? But here's the thing, guys. I love this. God doesn't deal with us based on our past, but he ba- deals with us based on our future, on who we will be. We say, well, how do you say that? Well, remember when in Judges chapter 6, uh, the Israelites were being oppressed by the Midianites, and God came to this. He sent an angel to this man named Gideon who was hiding from the Midianites, and he said, greetings, mighty man of what? Valor, if you remember this story, he said, like, Greeting, mighty man of valor. And Gideon kind of went, Who are you talking to? <laughs> and basically, valor is bravery. But he said, I know you have this in you, and we're gonna bring it out. You're gonna become this great man who's gonna lead your nation. And he kind of went, Uh, okay. Me? Remember when Jesus came to Peter? And, he, and his brother Andrew brought him to meet Jesus. And Jesus looked intently, and this is John 1, 42, He looked intently at Simon, and he said, your name is Simon, son of John, but you're going to be called Cephas, which means Peter, which means what? Rock, if you remember. He looked at this guy, and, and when Peter first met Jesus, what was he like? He was a hothead, right? He was someone who had a horrible temper. He was very rash. Still was, even after he met Jesus. He was rash. He was kind of brash. But Jesus said, I see in you. You're going to be the rock that the early church is going to be built on. And Peter at the time kind of said, okay. And that's what God does in us, guys. He has power to change us. And we look at ourselves and all we see is the flaws. All we see is the the stuff that we're dealing with. And Jesus looks inside of us and sees what's really there. And he deals with us based on that. Oh, I know. Man, I'm so thankful. Based on what will be, what can be, what he sees in us. And guys, that's what. Jesus' power to change us is. I love this quote. It says, we Christians live in the future tense. Our lives controlled by what we will be when Christ returns. Because we're God's inheritance. We live to please and glorify him. And so in Jesus, we're changed. In Jesus, we're new. And what we will be, Paul said, isn't yet made known. But in this life, he has the power to change us. He has the power to make us different. He has the power to use us in ways we would never dream and so you know we look at ourselves and say i don't know lord i don't i don't know what you see but he does and we see this all through scripture remember he was appointing a king and uh, you know when david was being appointed king and they went to all his brothers who were bigger and taller and better looking and they found this little scrawny kid and said you're the next king and david is like oh hey uh i'm a shepherd <laughs> moses remember moses Moses was a guy who was raised in the king's palace, and then he murdered a guy, and so he went and was hiding in the desert as a shepherd, and God called him out and said, you're going to lead my people out of the nation of Egypt, and he kind of said, wait, what? Who? <laughs> who you? Ta- I can't even talk well. And so, guys, God sees in us, and you know what? Sometimes God is going to call you to be that person to someone else. He's going to have you find this person, find a friend, and say, hey, I want to share hope with you, and God can use you. God wants to do something with you. He's going to use you to be that person that speaks to them and tells them what they can be. So don't ever, don't ever think, oh, God could never use me. You never know what God's going to do through you. So he has the power to change us. So don't become hopeless. You may have been struggling like Pastor Kenny prayed earlier. You may, have, you may be struggling with something in your life, and you say, I don't know if I'll ever get past this. And God says, you will because of my power at work in you and later in Ephesians chapter 3 one of my very favorite verses says because of his immeasurable power to do things that we can never imagine said he can do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine according to what his power at work within us so don't ever count yourself out so and then he also prayed that That we would know the power that's available for our daily lives. He said it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is available to us who believe in him. Now, that doesn't mean you're going to go out and, you know, levitate cars in the parking lot or, you know, make your wallet overflow with cash. That would be super cool if you figure out how to do that. Come talk to me. Um, We've got a bathroom remodel we need to do. But here at the church. But he said he has power available for our lives. And so many times we feel hopeless. But he said that. He raised Jesus to God's right hand. In verse 20, he says, It's the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now, he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else. Not only in this world, but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ. So we have this incredible power available to us to live our lives. And that's the power of the Holy Spirit working in us. We have that power. So when you come against things and you say, I don't know if I'm ever going to get through this. Yeah, you can through the power of Christ. And that power, that word power, uh, there's a couple of words used in the Greek language for power. One of them was dunamis, and it's, you know, people say, "Woo dynamite, whoo, you know, but that's not really the kind of power he was talking about. The kind of power he's talking about is almost like a, like a diesel power that just, it's not very fast, but it just pushes through everything. My... Uh, my uncle had this old Dodge Ram. I don't know if you guys remember those old, those early Dodge Rams that had the Cummins motors in them. And you would tear the frame off that thing. You could tear the brakes off, the tires off. But that motor would never quit. I mean, he would always say, I can tow anything with this. And, and he tried tow everything. You know, it was amazing. They would hook a tractor up to you and say, nah, my pickup will pull it, you know. And he would pull it with that. But it's almost like... Um, one of my professors in college illustrated this in a way that I'll never forget. But he said, he was talking about the power that's available to us in the Holy Spirit. And he said, you know, it's almost like a caterpillar tractor. He like you can get like a caterpillar bulldozer and you can push pretty much anything. And said, you could actually, he said, you could actually go up to a train car and push a train car off the tracks with a caterpillar. He's like, it won't be fast and it won't be pretty, but it's just that constant power that will get the job done. And he said, guys, in you lives the Holy Spirit. The God of the universe, all the authority available to him is in you. And he said that power in your life was what enables you to live this Christian life out every single day. His power available in you is what will help you get through those temptations that seem overpowering. That power within you will help you through those relationships that seem impossible. That power in you will help you overcome things in your life. And guys, that's what's available to us. That's what's available to you. Here in Lexington, Nebraska, or wherever you're watching from online, that power is available in your life. So don't give up. Are you here? Amen. Please don't give up. Don't get discouraged. Don't get defeated because the God of the universe, Paul says, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is available in you. That's the power that raised us from the dead, right? That made us new in Christ. It's that power. And he says that nothing should control us except Christ. And then lastly, he prayed that we would know and experience the authority of Christ in our lives. The authority in our lives. The authority is what controls us. And Paul prayed that we would allow Christ to be the authority in our lives, that we would allow Christ's authority. And you know we talked about surrender this morning, and we sang about surrender this morning. You know what surrender really is: predeciding who's going to be in charge. And so what Paul is saying is, he said, when everything is under the authority of Christ, we have to predecide to put our lives under the authority of Jesus. That means I predecide when I have to make a decision, I'm going to make a decision for Jesus. When I have to make a decision, I'm going to say I'm giving up authority to you, Jesus. And, you know, guys, it's, it's almost like when you get married. Those of you who have been married for a while, you know, when you get married, these two worlds kind of come together, right? What's that first year like? You know, two worlds coming together. and It's that merge of those two. But then as you're married a while, what happens? You just kind of flow together better, don't you? You make decisions better together. Uh, you know, it's kind of fun. Like and when you go to college, you get a roommate. You know, you have two different worlds kind of in the same room, right? And so, when we give our lives to Christ, we have to say, you know what, Lord, I'm going to make Your will my will. I'm going to make Your desires my desires. I'm going to predecide to follow You in every single decision, and that's what keeps us from allowing things to control us. There's a story that I found about John Rockefeller. He was the world's first billionaire. And, it's, you know, for years, John Rockefeller lived on crackers and milk because he had so many stomach troubles. And you know what caused his stomach troubles? Worry about his wealth. He said he was constantly in a state of stress about his finances, his money. He said he rarely had a good night's sleep and guards stood constantly at his door. He was wealthy, but he was miserable. But then it said when he began to share his wealth with others in great philanthropic, philanthropic endeavors, I should have practiced that word, His health improved, and he lived to be an old man in happiness. You know what happened? When he gave up that control of money on his life, he became happy. And he didn't allow money to control him anymore. And God says the same thing. When we surrender our lives to the authority of Christ, you know what happens? We have peace. We have incredible peace because we're not worried anymore. We're not trying to control things anymore. And so I'm going to encourage you today, there may be some area in your life, and the Lord is saying, would you just decide in advance to give me control of that? Would you just decide in advance to allow me to have that? And I don't know what that is. It might be a habit. It might be a decision. It might be a relationship. Whatever that is, would you just give that up, maybe even that desire and that could be your talents, your hobbies, your finances, your relationships, your family, your career, your thoughts, your entertainment. But sometimes these things hold on to us instead of us giving them over to Christ. And so these are the prayers that Paul prayed this morning, that we would know how to relate to him and relate to others better. That we would have spiritual knowledge and understanding of who we are in Christ and our identity. And then we would have that power at work within our lives. So I'm going to ask the worship team to come up this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand if you're physically able this morning, and we're going to pray. And we're just going to pray this morning what Paul prayed for us, that we would have an understanding of how to relate to him and relate to others, to have the understanding of who we are in him, that we would grow in our identity in Christ and know who we are in him, and then also that That we would get to know him better and to know his power at work within us better. And we would give him that authority. So, Lord, right now, I just pray for all of us in this room. I pray for all of us watching this morning online or listening online. Lord, would you speak to our hearts today? And Lord, we pray what Paul prayed. That you would give us spiritual understanding. That we would know that we don't have to be afraid of the outside forces and outside powers. That we don't have to be afraid of our future because we live in Christ. Lord, I pray you would help us to know who we are in you, that we would know our identity in you as sons and daughters of Christ who are loved. Would you help us to know who we are and to know that the greatness of the riches is in you, that everything we have is in you, everything we need is in you. You're the one who fulfills us. And Lord, would you help us to know your power at work within us? Lord, to know the power that we have available to us to overcome things that come at us. And I know so many times the enemy tries to drown us in problems and worries and cares, but Lord, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to work within us to help us to overcome these things and go through these things. And Lord, I pray also that we would surrender our lives to you, that we would put our lives under the authority of Christ because we know that you're over everything in this world and we would decide ahead of time to give you access to give you control to every area of our lives. So i to ask you this morning just to close your eyes and just shut yourself in with the Lord this morning. And if you're here, you say, you know, Rex, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. I've never given him authority of my life, but I want to do that today. I want to give him complete control. I want to have a relationship with him. I want to f- have him forgive my sins. But that's you. Would you slip your hand up? I want to pray with you this morning.